and welcome to It's a Beautiful Life. One of the greatest joys in having a Christ in your life is the privilege he gives us of meeting and having fellowship with believers uh, in the kingdom, those that are like-minded, have a passion for the works of Jesus Christ in the earth and uh, are in love with his people as well. The Bible encourages us to form a, and have a sense of community. One of the desires that I have in this program uh, as part of our agenda and our vision for It's a Beautiful Life is to highlight, of course, the parts of our Christian life that make it beautiful. And clearly one of those is the fellowship and the community and the relationships that we are able to have with one another. And that includes being able to encourage one another. It is very much on my heart in the vision of this program to have with us as guests on the shows, on the sh uh, programs, those uh, in the body of Christ that may not necessarily uh, be on the cover of our Christian periodicals or have uh, a very large media presence, but are the uh, sons and daughters of God, the, the kings and priests unto our God, as the Bible says, those that are working uh, behind the scenes in ministry uh, that have the passion to pray or to serve in the church, but also those who have ministries that may not uh, have huge media presence, but are just making a wonderful impact in the world, that they are influential, they are filled with integrity and power. And so part of our vision on this program is to have an opportunity for you as our viewing audience to uh, get uh, acquainted with these ministries. And so today, I am so honored and privileged to have with me Shabu Matthew, Shabu, welcome to the program today. We are so happy that you can be with us to join us. And um, one of the reasons uh, primarily that I'm having you on the show is I have just been uh, really moved and touched by uh, your life story uh, in, in which you are really pushing past the boundaries of traditional uh, missionary work and have a unique vision in going to many different nations, uh, including Cuba, Vietnam, I see here that you uh, even, I did not realize that you had even gone to Thailand, uh, places like that where you are just uh, preaching the gospel and at the same time you also have a life in the marketplace uh, in IT. So um, I wanted to start the broadcast today by having you share with us uh, a little bit about how you first even came to the Lord. Did you, were you raised in a Christian family or how did you encounter Jesus Christ? Thank you so much for, for having me, first off. Um, it's and, our pleasure. And it's, a, it's an honor being here. Um, I, I grew up in church. So uh, my parents came uh, from an Orthodox, traditional Christian church, um, and they uh, started going to a Pentecostal church um, when I was about three years old. And, wh and where were you geographically? Were you and here on the East Coast, I where you are Coast, now? So I was in New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, oh, a New Yorker. Yeah. I'm having all these New Yorkers <laughs> this week in my studio. Uh, so I grew up in church starting at the age of three. Um, and there was always a desire of me wanting to go to church. So it wasn't like my parents were dragging me to church. Um, it was my heart's desire to be at church. I mean, wow. I would actually call people to uh, give me a ride <laughs> to be at church. You were a little Samuel. <laughs> uh, so I would go to church, um, and at the age of eight, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Um, and, and being at church, I had a desire just to be in the presence of Jesus and, and just wanting, having the desire to hear the word. Um, and I would see these guest speakers come at church, and in my heart, it was like, you know, I want to be like that when I grow up. Wow, you know, that, yeah. That was my desire. 
Um, and then about the age of 10, um, there was a guest speaker who came, and he began to prophesy over my life. And he began to prophesy the calling of God over my life. Wow. And it was as if it was a confirmation of that desire that, oh, I want to be like that when I grow up. That was just and a secret it, in your own heart, exactly. it was right? Exactly. It was just God confirming that desire that it was as if it was his desire um, that was just birthed in my heart that one day it will come into fruition. That's awesome. And so how did you um, then, of course, I'm sure you went to high school. Did you go to college? What? How did you... Um, look from just your bio that you did, you know, pursue education and everything. Um, how did you, how, tell me more about how the journey evolved. So my parents, are, you know, they heard about the, uh, the prophetic word and it was not just that once, it was constantly over and over, right. you know, the affirmation, the confirmation that was given by different men and women of God who kept, you know, pouring into my life. Uh, but it was always my parents' desire that you would uh, ha have education and have a career. Right. Uh, it was always and about probably make lots of money. That's what <laughs> yeah. the parents love when you make was, lots of money. It was all about okay, you do ministry, but at the same time, you make sure you work. <laughs> right, right. They, they, they were so keen on making sure my dependence was on my career. I, I mean, my financial income was coming through my career, right, right. And then I would at the same time do ministry. So um, education and, and making the. Uh, uh, Making sure I get the good grades was on well, the, I'm sure. on the top priority. <laughs> Any good mother, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I went through high school, went through college. Um, I did my uh, computer engineering uh, for my undergrad and computer science for my grad. And I started working um, as an intern and uh, eventually I became a consultant and became uh, a database administrator. And at this point, I'm a, a director of a database group. Uh, so uh, that's what I do. So your testimony really, your testimony is really one of being able to integrate uh, missionary work while still working. And I, and I think it's important for our viewers to know that because so many times um, what I really want to uh, emphasize in my time with you on the program is that uh, many people think that, you know, that you have to be completely, that's all you have to be dedicated to is going to, a, 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 you know, in mission work and then that's all you do. And I think in the times that we're living, many, many people are, are, are doing both. They're able to stay in the marketplace with all the technology we have now. As uh, we were, our, our staff was joking with you prior to the program that you had your head down in your cell phone uh, doing your thing there, <laughs> looking at your emails. I'm sure you're always on, but yet I think the technology, being able to be mobile and get, do work without having to always sit at a desk, it's really been great for people that are in the ministry yeah, because you're able to get you know a lot done. So um, based on what you've shared and I know of the ministry that uh, you've gone to all these different nations and uh, you have also uh, opened medical clinics. So now that we're kind of in the place where you've got your education and it looks by your resume as well that you did a lot in your local church, how, how did you really get to the point where you stepped out in manifesting that call. You knew you were called, you had a heart for missions. Um, tell me how you did it, and because I think that that's an important part of your story. Mm -hmm. what, what kind of launched you? Um, did you wait until you had all the money? Did you uh, go open, you know, did you go seek for opportunities yourself or did someone invite you? Tell us how that evolved as well. I, I think it's, a, it's, it's just a matter of divine connections and also timing too. Oh um, yes, and it's it's uh, and sometimes it's there was a, a period of my life where I was frustrated. Well, Lord, I've heard all these affirmations. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> right, right. 
when is it going to happen or when is it going to come to fruition that it's going to actually pan out? Um, so there was that period of frustration. Um, and then even during that period of frustration, you'll get these words saying, okay, you know, God's going to use you, this is going to happen, and you're still wondering, okay, so Lord, when is this all going to come to be? Right. Uh, but it's just a matter of that timing and those divine connections. Um, and it wasn't about those resources lining up. It was just a matter of God saying, okay, this is your time. This right. is the your door season. to open in exactly. essence, right. So it was always my heart's desire to, to create hope centers um, in different parts of the world. And these hope centers could be um, you know, an orphanage, it could be a clinic, it could be a, a variety of things. But essentially, it would have to meet the end goal. And the end goal is to present the gospel of Jesus to other people. Amen. So these clinics uh, would essentially would be a platform to present the gospel of Jesus. So uh, we did. Uh, so there was um, the opportunities that just came. It, it was just a matter of that God desire and that God opportunity and the timing just coming right. together. Um, and it just opened. So up. what was the first one? What was so your... the first thing that we did was um, we set up a medical clinic in Cambodia. Um, wow. There was a passion that was we, we, I was connected with, and I just shared my heart's desire about setting up hope centers and potentially starting a medical clinic. And he says, yeah. And he uh, said, okay, why don't you do a medical clinic in this particular mission center? Now, um, you're not even a doctor, which no. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even a doctor, which, which interests me how you, um, like how you, like started, do, you, you know, you're an IT guy, basically. So that interests me that you did something really out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And doctors actually came to help you with the medical clinic? So essentially, these clinics that we set up are actually run by the locals. And my heart's desire is that these hope centers are um, run by the locals because there are a lot of missionaries or ministries that actually go and do outreaches in, in overseas. That's but, right. But they do it for a period of time, and then they would leave. And then the people that are there um, pretty much are waiting for the next mission trip to come in. Right. Um, so these uh, hope centers essentially would continue and be a hope and be a light to the community. Um, so our goal is to empower the locals so that they would be able to present these platforms as a platform to present the gospel of Jesus. That's fantastic. So we actually had doctors that ended up coming and like the local doctors yes, in exactly. other words. Right. That's fantastic. Now, once you get, um, where was your, your first one you said was in Cambodia? The first one was in Cambodia. And then where was your next one? So uh, after going to Cambodia and just, just do a, a fact finding trip, um, we just go uh, and I, uh, on my way back, we just furnished the, the room um, and haven't started it fully yet, just furnished a room for a clinic and just came back. And on the way back and after being home for a week or two, I'm like, I feel like the Lord was putting in my heart Cuba to go to Cuba wow. and do an outreach, do outreaches there. So I tell my wife, hey, I, I feel like I need to go to Cuba. And it was like, um, we, haven't even, we haven't even established <laughs> Cambodia yet. But that's a true visionary. Uh, that's but I great. felt like, okay, we need to go to Cuba. And uh, so I come back in April and in about November, I uh, go to uh, Cuba on my first missionary trip to Cuba. Oh, so what was Cuba like? That's what, when I heard you went to Cuba, first of all, I, like the, the, what interested me is that you were allowed to do it. I, I didn't realize that Cuba was already opening up to missionary type work. Do, yeah. they, do they let you preach the gospel there or? So, so Cuba will allow you to come um, and essentially uh, as a religious worker, Americans do have the opportunity to go there. Um, to uh, be a religious worker and, and go there. The Cuban government, they're not against the gospel. Right? Oh, that's good, they, they, yeah. They are okay with the gospel of Jesus. They just don't want anyone changing their, their, their views on certain things. Right. So they're okay with Christians, they're okay with churches, they're okay with people sharing the gospel of Jesus. So however, they are mindful of people who do come to make sure that they are uh, not 
changing people's mindset on the government. You know? Right. So, and really, if our if our focus as missionaries is to is to change the lives that are there, once their minds are renewed with the gospel, they they will on their own eventually probably develop different mindsets yeah. on things. And so I, we don't have to preach about government. That's not what we're called right, to do when exactly. we go there. Yeah. And, I, and I truly believe that there is a, a revival coming in Cuba. And it's yes. Not, well, it's that's not, great. And yeah. it's not an economic revival. More than that, more than the changes that you know, are coming, which are long due, there is a revival for Jesus where people wow. are hungry to receive the word of God. And you would see that when you, when you go there and be able to share the gospel of Jesus, there are people who are just soaking it in and just jumping, leaping into making that step, making it's, that it's decision. it's life to them. It's probably, it is. Do they, do they allow you, um, now you, you establish the medical clinic there, but do they allow you to do uh, street meetings or are there churches you can actually preach in when you go? So, I mean, it is a restricted country, right? And okay. the churches are uh, persecuted churches, if you want to call it that way. Um, so you're you're very limited on what you can do when you're there. So that's the goal of these outreaches, that the churches are empowered or these local ministries are empowered to be able to touch and reach out to their community. Yes, you can go and visit their churches. You can share your testimony or your long testimony. Right, right, Be able to minister to the people that are that are there. Wow, that's wonderful. That is really, I, I, you would have never thought that there would be that opening. And when I had first uh, uh, met you and um, heard of what you were doing, that's what really attracted me. I said, I got to find out more about him. Because just the boldness of being willing to go in a place that maybe would, I don't want to say be hostile, but not exactly like going right. to, you know, maybe like a, a country in South, another country in South America. Mm-hmm that you know is more pentecostal or more open mm-hmm. to it are they open to the baptism in the spirit they and are. the they gifts are. of the spirit so I, I i go to these churches i went to one church the first time i went there and i said uh, i was i asked them so what what denomination is this church so they said it's a methodist church so okay I, right my i have a mindset okay what a methodist church looks like in america <laughs> right so right. i go and you know I, I meet the pastor at first and he said okay you know thank you for coming to minister I said great i just so my one of the first things i asked is how long you know do i have to share to minister with so, so you take however long you want to I'm like okay well <laughs> no 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 uh, <laughs> that that is the Methodist church that John Wesley and George Whitfield founded that is the real Methodist church so I'm like you know what time do you guys really end you know so right. I was like I'll clock it that way I said you know we end at this time but we really want you to minister to the people and I'm like scratching oh, my wow, head. Oh, like, wow, that's wonderful. You want me to minister to the people. Okay, fine. So I go up and I begin to share the word of God. And these people are just like sponges, just absorbing everything that you're sharing. Uh, and then I just call out for an altar call. And people are just running to the front, just oh. wanting to be prayed for, be ministered to. And people are just falling out all over the place at yeah. the church. It's really, <laughs> but you see, now I think that's a real key. And I know from my work overseas, I've been to... Uh, South Africa, uh, Uganda three times, India. What I find fascinating um, that is really, for me, such a wonderful experience when you when you preach the gospel overseas is there's not that res- there's not that level of restriction that there is um, where you feel that time pressure. And really, when you're in that kind of environment where it doesn't matter how long we take, because for, like, even for example, in Africa, when I would do uh, conferences in Africa, the people would, when you have a, a meeting in Africa, they will come, that's like a day or two, they will walk miles to be there, 
So if they're not going to walk miles for 50 minutes of church, they are going to walk miles. It's like a whole day for them. Yeah. So there's food, there's worship. They worship God with all their hearts. There's the move of the spirit. They, you can preach to them all day. They are truly hungry for the word. It's just a, a, a different type of experience. And I think a little bit more reflective of what an organic church looks like, what, how ministry um, and, and preaching and community should probably more look like than, than yeah. it does here in, a, in our country. They, they have a desire to be in the presence. They yes. re and, and, and if you look at their wow. surroundings or situations outside of the presence, it's difficult. They, they, they live difficult lives. They're being restrained by the government or by their situations. And they'd rather be in the presence than be back at their situation. Now that's yeah. powerful because just when you said that, I thought how in America, when we get in difficult situations or we have a, quote, economic downturn or something happens, people stop going to church. Mm -hmm. I, I remember when 9-11 happened um, that we... The churches were packed. Our prayer meetings were some of the largest we had when at that time when I was pastoring. And then all of a sudden, people just started going back to, quote, life as usual. But usually what happens is people start saying, well, uh, I'm having a bad time. God isn't meeting my need right now. So I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to go to the church. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go worship. When in fact, the people in these other countries, it is sometimes so dark they appreciate and value and yeah. honor the manifested presence of God because it gives them life. It gives them strength. It imparts courage to their hearts to carry on, much like the early church did. They cried out for God to give them boldness, yeah. and they came together and they prayed. And, oh, I would just love to see more of that yeah. in the American yeah. church, and right? There's so much joy from the very yes. beginning, and they're energetic from the beginning to the end. It's not like that they tire out after an hour or two. They actually go all the way. <laughs> <laughs> there's no plateauing. They go all the way to the very end, yeah. and they go very strong. But there's such a joy inside right. of them, and you see it. It in their impacts faces. you, and, I know. And if you look at, and if you go outside, if you step outside of the church and you just walk out in some of these countries, you would see that there is sadness. There is something missing, and that missing element is Jesus. But if you look, if you go into the church and be able to share and minister, you would see that there is such a disparity between the person right. who knows Jesus and who's missing Jesus. Wow. Oh, well, Shabu, this has just been wonderful. We are going to have uh, Shabu on again tomorrow's program because I just haven't, um, I haven't picked his brain enough and uh, got enough out of him yet. So we're going to... Uh, have him on again uh, tomorrow's program. And we're going to talk more about how the Lord supernaturally began uh, to help fund uh, this work that he's doing. And also I want to hear about uh, some miracles and some other things uh, that you've experienced on the mission field. So I invite you to tune in again tomorrow. And we also here at Kathy Bixel Ministries, we want to have this opportunity as well to um, give uh, the opportunity for you to bless this ministry, to bless Shabu and his work, these medical clinics that he has um, in uh, several nations now. You can uh, reach his ministry, contact his ministry at www.gatewayofhope.org, www.gatewayofhope.org. That is his website where you can find all the information about his ministry. So tune in again tomorrow. Don't forget, giving your life for others is really one of the key ingredients of having a beautiful life. So tune in again tomorrow. God loves you. God bless you. And let's all together reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ.
We trust you enjoyed this episode of Beautiful Life and the teaching ministry of Kathy Dixon. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit BeautifulLifeTV.com. If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at a church or event near you, please email info at BeautifulLifeTV.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to join us as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you His beautiful life. So long for now. beautiful life. I hope that you were able to join us for yesterday's broadcast as we have been blessed and honored to have a special guest with us, Shabu Matthew, who is the founder and director of Gateway of Hope, which is a missions uh, organization ministry that is uh, ministering to nations uh, around the globe, building medical clinics, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and uh, bringing the love of God to nations that are sometimes very difficult to actually even have open doors of ministry in. And so, Shabu, uh, on today's broadcast, we had you uh, speak with us yesterday about your personal journey, which was really um, a lot of fun to hear. But uh, on today's broadcast, I, I really want to uh, give our viewers uh, an, an opportunity to understand uh, the, the joys of, of doing work overseas and also of supporting work and missions that happen overseas when they can't go. Uh, I, I'm sure you have heard of the statement, it takes three to, uh, to uh, make a missionary, right? One to pay, one to pray, and one to go, right? Those are the three things. I always used to tell my congregation uh, when I was trying to you know, have them uh, support what we were doing. I think uh, it's important to understand that uh, everyone Every single believer ought to have a heart of compassion for missions. A matter of fact, the great uh, missionary Henry Martin wrote this, that the spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. And the nearer we get to him, to the heart of Jesus, the more intensely missionary we become. Isn't that powerful? Mm -hmm. That the closer we get yeah. to God, the more intensely missionary we become. And so uh, as you're listening to this broadcast today and viewing it, uh, my, my heart is that you'll catch something that maybe you haven't even thought of what it's like for someone living overseas or uh, in a different nation, um, and that you're just so focused right now on getting your needs met. And certainly in our country, um, we, have, we are experiencing a, a, a diminished level of prosperity and having uh, economic issues and stuff in our nation, not we as God's people, uh, we are, uh, but, but as uh, 
those who live in this country, we know the kind of challenges that are happening in, happening in our country economically that were not there a decade or two decades ago. And so in that, sometimes what happens is we become very self-focused and we don't open our hearts and our purses to help others in other countries. And actually, uh, if the truth be said, Shabu, we should be more radically and more purposefully giving to missions um, and helping those like you that are, uh, that are out there getting down and dirty in the nation, so to speak, getting with the people, being uh, walking among them, seeing what it's like for them to live, uh, the difference in their lifestyle versus the kind of life we live here in the West. And so um, I wanted, if you could uh, today, to share with us a little bit about how the Lord began to provide the funds for you to go. I'm sure that these trips are not uh, inexpensive. How did all that unfold? How did you see God's hand of provision uh, work in your life? Um, I believe it's, it's also having the heart, right, to do it. And when you have the heart to do it, those resources will line up. Um, one of the good things is since I am working in the marketplace, I'm able to invest in these um, ventures that are out there. Wow, that's so wonderful. So essentially it's more of a, a self-sacrifice to be able to, to uh, go out and be able to go to these places and to start these clinics as well. Thankfully, uh, people have also caught on the vision and said, okay, you know what, um, I want to support the vision. I, I enjoy seeing God uh, using you and God doing things overseas. So people began to also um, support the vision as well. But it's also, for me, it's also a, a great privilege and an honor for me to also be investing into yes. the ministry and investing, essentially, at the end of the day, it's investing in people's lives. Right, wow. Well, it's interesting to see how God will do that. I know that uh, when we did our, we we're building a, a school in, in Uganda right now, and to see how the Lord, one of our first investors, God gave the man a dream. He was a corporate attorney, and the Lord gave him a dream, and he gave the first, you know, the first check to us. And to see the Lord do that because it is on his heart and the finances are there. Um, I'm curious, are, were people in your workplace investing as well? Like did the, did the people in your workplace know about what you're doing at all or no? So they did. I'm, I mean, my managers, people who I work with, um, they know uh, what I do and my heart for missions as well. They so it's not, not just, quote, yeah. church people. Or, I mean, they didn't. <laughs> We're not just going I for mean, they, church people. They, they know about it. They, I mean, not, not all of them invested into it or right, you know, supported right. it but at least they they're catching on and it's it and many of them have not yet received Jesus so for them it's uh, it's just an opening for them to know okay wow um, he does some he does care for people right, <laughs> and Christians right. actually care for people uh, right so it actually gives them an eye-opener for it, it becomes a platform for them to present the gospel and sometimes I think we wait for the funds to come in right we oh, wait, exactly. we, we, oh, wait we wait to yes. start a project when the budgets are in, the budgets are made, and everything is set out to say, uh, okay, let's go, let's, let's, uh, uh, let's start now. But it, it's, sometimes it's a matter of stepping out in faith. And when we do step out in faith, there are things that actually line up. Um, for example, we were doing a missions outreach in Costa Rica, uh, and there was a, a vendor, we were looking for several vendors to just get school supplies. And it, it was an oddball time because school already started here in the U.S. Oh, so trying okay. to get uh, resources in the middle of the year is difficult. But, you know, I was able to find a vendor that was able to give us uh, a, a costing that was pretty much, you know, uh, under the value of, of, of what it would actually cost for a regular wow. person to buy. So it was, it was incredible. It's a great favor it with was, the pricing. It, it, it's, I think it's just a matter of God having God's favor upon every part of it. 
Um, just one quick story was oh, for these missions in Costa Rica, this outreach we had, we had to ship all the stuff. So we shipped oh, about wow, 3,000 3, 3, yeah. notebooks, 1,000 pens and pencils. So we're talking about there was at least two pallets worth of stuff that were being sent out. Um, so I was able to get connected to a shipping company uh, and to go out there. I, there was a, a brother from the church who said, you know, he knows them, he uses them for his business. So he said he'll uh, talk to the, the owner. So he says, you know, let them ship it out. So they shipped it out and he says, I'll call, talk to them when I get to Costa Rica. He gets there, the owner was busy, so he said, you know what, go back to New Jersey and when you go to New Jersey, go to the office there and take care of the, the cost that it took for these particular items. So he goes back to New, the New Jersey office and he talks to them and he says, well, you know, for these particular items that were sent out, how much would it be? So she looks it up in the computer and she looks it up and she says, well, it says it's canceled. And he's like, what do you mean it's canceled? He said, well, essentially it means <laughs> wow, that it's been paid yay. off. It's like, how can that be possible? So he, he calls the owner in Costa Rica and says, hey, um, what's going on? It, it seems like it's uh, uh, taken care of. He says, well, I'm glad that everything's taken care of. Thank you. Uh, so he's like, okay. So he asks the lady again, hey, can you just double check? And the lady's like, well, listen, sir, I can't invoice you something that's already been paid <laughs> wow, for. Wow, wow, that's this, awesome. And this is the woman that actually takes care of the accounting and the bookkeeping. So she knows exactly what she's talking right, about. Right, right. Uh, and that entire uh, shipping from the U.S. to Costa Rica was already paid for, 100%. Oh, Shabu, uh, what a fabulous story. I love the miracle stories yeah. of how God provides. That's really wonderful. And what you find, too, is what I found in, in my work is that uh, people that aren't believers, a lot of people just can have compassion for people less fortunate than they are um, and they'll you know they will get involved and donate things sometimes it's a question of uh, just uh, asking you know one one of our trips one of my um, one of my friends and uh, partners in ministry at that time uh, what did he did marketplace work for NBC and it was amazing the people at NBC that became involved in funding, uh, funding the work that we would do there in, in whatever small way that they could participate. And so I think sometimes it's just about making what you're doing known and then mm -hmm. also being accountable. I know that we here at our ministry, we have a, a great set of um, you know accounting. Uh, we have actually two levels of accounting, accountability, so that people know that their money is being used properly, that it's being designated going you know, to the, to the right places. And I think, Shabu, when people see your joyful heart and um, just the look on your face and uh, the pictures and things of what is actually happening on site when you're going to these countries, how could they not want to participate and see the joy? Uh, tell me any other like notable miracles or things that you have seen while ministry. Do the people receive healings? How are you more of a teacher or an evangelist in your um, your you know, expression of your gifting? I think I'm a, probably a mixed breed. <laughs> a mixed <laughs> breed. You're a hybrid. You're a hybrid. I know, I know. So um, many of the messages that I share overseas are, uh, one is obviously the, for them to understand God's love and be able to experience his love. So it's for many to be geared to um, experience the gift of salvation. So that's one. Two is to encourage the believers um, because many of them have situations that they are leaving and coming into the presence of God. So they want to, I want to be able to have them receive the word that God has right. for them for today and be able to go back and be able to see those situations that they're currently in and know that they will be able to overcome, that they will be able yes. to have the victory that they have in Jesus. Um, and it's also about the impact that we make. Um, I, I, when I went to uh, Cuba, we were able to give these uh, uh, 
medical supplies and things of that sort. And one of the things I was emptying it out in this church, uh, we were giving an ace bandage, and this the pastor's eyes just was wide open when oh she saw the ace bandage. And she was like, well, um, my sister-in-law has been believing God for seven and a half months for an ace bandage. And, and, you know, oh, you my know, goodness. And, and wow. You're, you're and, and we're looking for the tumor exactly. to disappear. Not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with the tumor disappearing, but what that meant yeah, to that yeah. woman, and, though. And, and God you're, was you're, really and, ministering exactly. to her. And you're like saying, oh, wow, an ace bandage means so much. In a, wow. So it, it's, it's, it's powerful. So the, the impact that we make, whether it's a, uh, something that we give, whether it's the Word of God being ministered, um, it, it, the impact that, and the investment that we're making in people's lives. Um, I, and sometimes we're, we, we, we should not box God in, in some shape and form. And, 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 and I went to a church, and they didn't want to introduce me because of the restrictions, et cetera. So they said, you know, he'll share a testimony. And I'm like, testimony? He's like, no, just share a long testimony. Like, okay, <laughs> oh, fine. yeah, right, right. So I go and share the word. But they did say, you know, we don't want you to pray one-on-one -on -one with people. Oh, okay. So I said, okay. So I ministered, and I was like, okay, let's, and so I was like, uh, kind of like uh, bummed about, okay, I can't, you know, minister to people one-on-one. -on -one. So I was like, all right, let's, let's pray. Let's do a general prayer. So I began to just pray um, over the people generally. Uh, and then I closed up the service, and a, a family came up, and uh, uh, um, she said that my husband had cervical pain on his neck. So once the prayer was over, that instantly he was healed. Uh, so it's wow. just amazing how God does things, even outside of our minds, outside of our right, boxes. You right. know, we, Not we, even as something yeah, you're yeah. asking Because, you know, for, we're right? wondering, okay, oh, man, I wanted to pray over people ministry. But God is doing things just by his presence yes. in a room and, oh. you know, uh, going outside of uh, our mindset and being able to touch people. And I, I love that, um, that uh, motivation in your heart that uh, it's beyond, you know, most ministries... Uh, uh, missions work, of course, is to go and, you know, to seek and save that which was lost and, you know, to, to get souls. But what I'm hearing you say in uh, actually both programs that we've done here today is a presence-based approach to missions work, which is so refreshing. The truth is the Holy Spirit is moving across the earth. And it's not only Shabu's ministry, but, but other uh, missionary works, we, we of course hear about, you know, the amazing supernatural thing that Heidi Baker's ministry is doing in Mozambique. We, I have so many ministry friends that are doing uh, building orphanages, uh, doing uh, healing crusades, meetings, establishing Bible schools, establishing schools uh, in these other countries because Jesus' heart is for all the earth. He gave, God so loved the world. And so it's important that uh, we, we stay connected to what God is doing and that it is presence-based. I, I love that. It's, it's coming in, uh, bringing the glory of God, releasing the presence of God, expecting God to manifest mm -hmm. himself among the people. And if that means yeah. give them an ace bandage or healing their spine, he just does his stuff. I love that. We just, I, what I love about the ministry, it, the greatest privilege of ministry is just being an usher, mm -hmm. right? It's just getting up there. It's not, it's just all about him and just ushering him in and, you know, creating, you know, Lord, this is where we'd like you to sit today. We'd like you to sit on top of us yeah. and just, you know, just, just do your thing, take care of the needs and heal the people and, and uh, resurrect their hopes. Now, Shabu, is there a way, uh, we've talked, we closed the broadcast out uh, yesterday 
uh, with giving people uh, your web, website address so that they can give to uh, Gateway of Hope. But is there uh, ways also that people can travel with you? Like I'm getting, I'm starting to drool over a possibility <laughs> of going to Cuba. Um, but is there is there a way that people that let's say there's you know someone that has wants to give a uh, take a vacation from work and connect with a gateway of, of hope and, and go? How? Absolutely, they can um, uh, go to the Gateway of Hope website and they do okay. we do have a contact uh, form there. And if that's their interest to be able to go overseas, not just uh, support it, but to go and be a part of a trip, they can definitely do that. Do, um, you, do you give them any, uh, just for perhaps those that would be interested, do you give them any uh, uh, keys on raising support? You know, I, I know when I took a, a whole uh, trip to uh, Uganda, took about 17 people to see the school that we were building there, and they, we gave them like materials and things to help them fund their, you know, fund their uh, their trip. Do you have those kind of tools available, or you're in the process of Probably making the process. that? That was a good idea, right? <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. But we did. We created like um, I had wonderful uh, uh, Vanessa at the time, who was my personal assistant and just did everything in the ministry. She was extremely talented, and she came up with this whole uh, brochure type of a thing. Uh, with a letter attached to it, so I, I think we might even have copies of okay. that that maybe you want to get a hold of, and it just gives them a tool to go and raise the funds because if it's every five dollars or ten dollars, and sometimes it's the person that gives a thousand dollars, and it adds up, and people are able to go, and it's it's not as big of a mountain as they might think because uh, God is such an awesome provider. So um, that's wonderful that they have that, that opportunity. When, what is your next trip? Tell us what you have planned. So um, essentially, I'd, I'd be going to Cuba feel often because we do have the five outreaches that we do have there. Just to You have five of them we there? We do have five there. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and, and where else? Costa Rica? So um, I did go to Costa Rica um, in this past uh, April. And we did a, an outreach with children there. A okay. great thing is when we went there, went to different schools, underprivileged okay. schools, be able to share the gospel and during their school time, um, share the gospel. Oh of my Jesus. gosh, that's powerful! Yeah, and then um, we went to an Indian village and be able to share the gospel. Uh, and during the whole trip, about 263 people gave their lives to Jesus. Oh wow! Uh, so, oh, that's uh, that, awesome. So we, uh, I do have a heart for Costa Rica. I'm praying an open door at this point they're looking for for, for location what we're trying to do there is a, a youth center um, and, a, and a home for single moms um, so that's something that we're wow. venturing out next over there oh well god bless you shabu it's just been an honor having you on the program and my heart's just leaping at just the idea of what the lord is doing in these nations and um, how you have availed your life to him uh, because he needs he needs people to work through and with and to partner with him in the earth and we are just so honored to have you on the program. Um, I would love if, uh, as we are closing out today, if you would just pray, uh, speak something, pray over our viewing audience today for just an impartation of a, a missionary heart, whatever uh, the Holy Spirit would put on sure. your heart to pray. Sure. Could you pray for yeah, us? Sure. And, and, and before I, I, one of the things... Contagious Christians. Yes, and, and contagious Christianity. Yeah, and actually, that's what uh, this, it's a message that we have Christianity. Um, because you know, we have received Jesus and we have received the light of God has been radiated inside of our lives. And, the yes. Bible, and Jesus himself says, Now you are the light of the world. And so when we walk into a room or walk into a city or walk into a country, 
Yes. Yeah. Because there's a collision that's happening. Light and darkness is colliding, and only one would win. And at Absolutely. The, at the end of the day, light is going to win. Yay. And, and, Preach and so, on. <laughs> so God is calling us to be that contagious Christians. Uh, so my prayer is that we would uh, not strive to... Uh, wonder, okay, Lord, and, and be frustrated. Lord, well, let's do it, the yeah, work of a yeah. missionary. I want to do the and, work and, of a missionary. And when am I going to be used or when is the time going to happen? But rather, be the light. Yeah. Be the light. Be the light. Start where you yeah, are, exactly. right? Exactly. Be the light at your home. Be the light in the community. Be the light in the neighborhood. Be the light of Jesus that is in That is awesome. I, I just, uh, I, I'm just so grateful for, uh, for your heart, and I know as well, which our, our audience may not know, but you, you do all of this in the midst of serving. You're uh, an elder at Faith Fellowship Ministries World Outreach Center. Your resume is as long as my forearm of everything that you are involved in. And you just, we, we here at Kathy Bixel Ministries, we want some of what you, <laughs> we want you to lay hands on us and impart that kind of strength that you have because it's just wonderful how much you love the entire body of Christ. And you also are a dad. You have three adorable, I might say, adorable children, a lovely wife, and um, you are an example, Shabu, of a beautiful life. And it's just been a blessing to have you here. So please pray for our audience and uh, then we'll close out the program. Thank you, Lord. Father, we come to your presence in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we can call on your name and that you are our Heavenly Father. And Lord, we thank you for the light that you have radiated inside of our lives. We were once lost, but today we're found. Yes, Lord. But today we can see. We were once lame, but today we can walk in the destiny and the purpose that you have called us for. Yes, Lord. Lord. All the viewers today. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for the purpose and the assignment that you have placed on each of their lives. And thank you, Lord God, that you are going to bring it to pass. You're going to bring it to fruition. Lord God, we praise, pray that you would give us the grace that we would just be able to radiate the light that is inside of us. Yes, Lord. That we would be a source and a channel of hope to people around us, that they would see Jesus through us. And we thank you, Lord, that lives are going to be touched and changed. Yes. The very presence that lives inside of us. We thank you that we will be contagious Christians. That yes, Lord. Your glory that you have filled our lives with. And we thank you, Lord God. And we love you and we give you all the glory. Yes, Lord Jesus. Awesome, awesome testimonies of the lives that we're going to be touching and that your name will be glorified in Jesus' name. Thank you, Amen. Lord. Amen. Well, wow. This is a hard program to close today. Uh, you could just feel the presence of God here in our studio. Thank you for joining us today on It's a Beautiful Life. And once again, you can contact uh, Shabu's ministry uh, at Gateway. Uh, let's see what maybe so I make sure I say it the right way here. Gatewayofhope.org. Gatewayofhope.org. Go to his website. Uh, and, and pray about what you can give. And also here at kathybixelministries.com, uh, go to our, our website. We have opportunities for you to give and pray for missions projects that we have going on. We thank you so much for your um, heart today, for your obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. God loves you. Be filled with his grace and glory today. Walk in victory, walk in light, because that is your portion. And the Father loves you. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.
We trust you enjoyed this episode of Beautiful Life and the teaching ministry of Kathy Dixon. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit BeautifulLifeTV.com. If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at a church or event near you, please email info at BeautifulLifeTV.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to join us as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you His beautiful life. So long for now.